Yeah, uh, just before I go back to your calls, um, I wanted to play briefly a conversation I had with our expert on international affairs, Dr. Keith Souter. Uh, Dr. Keith Souter is the managing director of the Global Directions Think Tank. And um, we were talking about the latest developments in Israel. I mean, it's never going to stop, is it? It's never going to stop. Um, uh, Israel, over the weekend told its security cabinet to approve measures to make it easier for Israelis to carry guns. There were two separate attacks by Palestinians in Jerusalem over the weekend, and the attacks took place after an Israeli army raid in the occupied West Bank killed nine people. Uh, The new measures also include depriving an attacker's family members of residency and social security rights. Now, the full cabinet is meeting today and the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who, by the way, has full support from both the Americans and the the British, he's promised a strong and swift response. So just what is the future of the tension in that part of the world, the Middle East? Whenever you talk about tensions in the Middle East, you're always brought to the Gaza Strip and you're always brought to Israel and the Palestinians. And this has been going on, Thomas, since 1948. 1948. And the Israelis have very sophisticated weapons that can intercept Palestinian incoming rockets. Gets most of them. Um, And one will blame the other. Tit for tat. They bombed us, so we're bombing them back. The Palestinians will accuse the Israelis of bombing schools and hospitals. The Israelis will say their bombs coming into Israel over the Gaza are coming from those hospitals and those schools. The Palestinians are hiding behind hospitals and schools. And I don't live there. I don't know the the, the real truth. But all I know is it's been going on since 1948. Anyway, I had a conversation with Dr. Keith Souter uh, late last night. And uh, here's what he had to say. Good morning. Where do you see this going? I mean, this has been brewing since 1948, and we've been back and forth on the brink for all these years. Um, th- there's never going to be a solution, is there, Keith? No, I'm, I'm not particularly optimistic. You know, when people ask me, will there ever be peace in the Middle East, quite often that's a code for saying, is there going to be peace between Israel and Palestine? But even if you lost Israel and Palestine... Um, you'd still have problems in the Middle East because of the the conflict between Sunni and Shia, uh, Iran and Saudi Arabia. So the Middle East is going to remain front and centre on the global agenda for uh, many years to come. In terms of Israel itself, um, my own view is that you've got too many people making too many claims on too little land. The land in question, which is being disputed, is basically between Newcastle down to Sydney and out to the foot of the Blue Mountains. Yes. So it's not a particularly large area of of land. Um, And what has worried me in in recent years has been the growing extremism of both sides. Uh, So there's less and less scope for any type of international mediation. Remember, we did have breakthroughs about three decades ago with some of the um, uh, Scandinavian countries trying to find a way of of sorting out the, the conflict. Um, all of that spirit of interest in that, I think, has now disappeared. You've got the most conservative, hardline um, uh, Israeli government, 
in its history. Mm. And at the other end of the spectrum, you've got a whole new generation of young Palestinians coming forward who feel this sense of desperation and being egged on by some of the surrounding countries, particularly Iran. And so they're, they're becoming much more extreme as well. So I think we're going to see this tit for tat carrying on almost indefinitely into the future. I'm sorry to be so pessimistic. People always accuse me of being very pessimistic when I cover foreign affairs. But when you look at a situation like Israel and Palestine, there's actually very little scope for trying to be optimistic. So this this new law which is being brought in that would allow, make it easier, sorry, would make it easier yeah. for Israeli uh, civilians and, and, and uh, army personnel, but civilians to carry guns. Um, this all started with um, a 13-year-old Palestinian boy who was mm. behind a, a shooting um, in, Jeru- in Jerusalem, Silwan neighbourhood. This was just last Saturday. Um, it left his father uh, seriously wounded. But th- you just mentioned tit for tat. It's pretty serious tit for tat. We haven't, they haven't brought out the big, big guns, but, I mean, it's all about who fired first, who did what first. Um, and, and there's no agreement on that. And there's no, and there's no agreement. <laughs> yep, so there's no agreement. Um, you know, when you, as, as I say, tit for tat, but who actually started it all first? You know, the Palestinians will say there's a problem, as you said in your introduction, that goes back to 1948. So it, it, that's why it's, it's pretty gloomy. If I could just give an update on where we're up to, because yes. it's, it's a real powder keg situation. So the immediate issue that we've seen in the last few hours has been the government foreshadowing, enabling people to be able to uh, carry guns more easily. Mm. Uh, and there's always the risk, therefore, of particularly settlers deciding to start a, shoe, a few Palestinians or the Palestinians being able to steal guns from um, Israelis. So that that's the immediate flashpoint. But then if you step back, um, a bigger issue is, that, as I've already said, this polarization that is now taking place with extremists on both sides of the spectrum uh, with very little scope for any type of mediation. And then stepping further back, you've got the whole role of Iran. Um, Iran is um, um, a, a major regional player. It's not an Arab country. Um, it's a separate country from the Arab world and is very hostile towards Israel and has supporters in other countries in the Arab world. And, of course, Iran is... Um, moving towards acquiring nuclear weapons. And I've noticed that a retired senior official of the Israeli Defense Force in the last um, day or so has called for a preemptive strike on Iran to um, prevent Iran from acquiring nuclear weapons. Now, the um, Israelis did that years ago with the attack on the Ozarak reactor in Iraq to stop the Iraqi nuclear plans under then Saddam Hussein. So there's a rerun of this saying, look, um, the negotiations that had been carried out under the Obama administration, which saw an improvement in relations between Iran and the West, those um, that treaty arrangement was cancelled by Donald Trump. So it means that Iran is saying, there we are, it's pointless trying to negotiate with the West, we're going to go back to acquiring nuclear energy, which contains the risk of acquiring nuclear weapons. So you've, you've got that dimension now yes. between Israel and Iran. And just to add to other problems, when you look at the domestic agenda inside uh, Israel, because we've just had a huge demonstration, 100,000 people mm. in Israel, 
complaining about the government's proposed changes to the judicial system. Um, Benjamin Netanyahu and some of his colleagues have been held up on various allegations, and this is being seen as a reprisal against the judicial system to bring them back under political control. So even within the state of Israel itself, which is a nation of nine million prime ministers, you've got a variety of viewpoints, leaving aside the bigger Palestinian issue or Iran, they've actually got disagreements about the future of the country. And it's worth bearing in mind that the the population growth is amongst the more conservative, fundamentalist Jewish population. The cosmopolitan um, Israelis uh, like the rest of us in the Western world, are just not having as many children. Yeah. And so we see that the, the demographic wave that is moving through is, Israel is increasingly through the more conservative religious communities, and they will then want to wind back some of the liberal reforms that you see in Israel, uh, which are seen very much as being Western ideas, and they want to get away from that. So, yes, there's a huge number. And, and you know, I admire Benjamin Netanyahu at his age for wanting to take on this job of prime minister because he's just got so many headaches simultaneously. Oh, my God. Him. Yes, he's had, he's had his ups and downs, hasn't he? Tell me, on, on the international stage, who has whose support? I noticed that um, um, the British Foreign Secretary, James Cleverly, uh, said that to attack worshippers in the synagogue mm. on the Holocaust Memorial Day and during Shabbat is horrific. We stand by our Israeli friends. Where's the United States in all of this? Oh, the US is very much supportive of, of Israel. Israel. Yeah, yeah. There, there have in the past been tensions between Netanyahu and and Obama, for example. Um, but overall, there is a, a broad level of support within the United States for the continued well-being of the state of Israel. Now, you, you do get disagreements within the American community, um, but overall, there is broad um, American support for Israel. So, and, and Israel also enjoys support from a lot of other Western countries as well. Yeah. So, um, uh, and, and what, of course, at the other end of the spectrum, you've got other countries like Iran, who are supporting the Palestinians. That was my next running question. Running with their own agenda. Yeah, yeah. Who's, who's the biggest supporter of Palestine? Yeah, well, obviously Iran would be. You've got some Arab states that have tried to improve relations with Israel, but then have been a bit embarrassed about what they've seen in the last few days. So they're distancing themselves from it. Remember, the Trump administration tried to improve relations between some of the Arab states and Israel, uh, which meant throwing the Palestinian cause under the bus. Mm. That's very un. Uh, un, well, very risky for some of those conservative Arab rulers to do that sort of deal with Israel when a lot of their ordinary people are still very supportive of Palestinians. So that's almost sowing the seeds of unrest within some of those um, Islamic societies that are trying to improve relations with Israel. God, here we go again and again and again. <laughs> As right. I said, it's been going since 1948. Dr. Keith Souter, Managing Director of the Global Directions Think Tank, and you, he has his own podcast on the Listener app. It's called Global Truths. It, As I said it before, it's compelling listening. And, Dr. Keith, we're very lucky to have you here on the night shift. Thanks, mate. Yes, thank you, Luke.